Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. Oh, I'm so happy that all of us are finally together. It's like a Spice Girls reunion. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. It feels like I, I, and I'm kind of just like, and I think we're all in the same space with this as far as just, it's a flow with mentality. It's just, this is what this year is bringing. It's been really challenging for us to kind of collaborate and get our schedules in order. And I don't know, there's a part of me that just sort of thinks like maybe it's giving each of us a chance to stand on our own platform as individuals because we've had to record separate episodes and kind of, anyways, I just think I, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. So, but yeah, I'm, I, but I'm also so excited to have you guys here and, and us have like a chat all together. That's really nice. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm really excited to squash the rumors that we broke up. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> there, there's no spiritual boss drama at this yeah. time. I don't uh, think there ever could be like, it's just, yeah. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think we're also respectful of each other's space or which yeah, like, it's a great lead into Tanya's talk. Yeah, it it is. So yeah, we were kind of discussing what we should chat about since we're all together. And um, I would love to hear from you guys about triggers. And I'll tell you kind of my story or the inspo behind the topic. And um, so I was I was out for dinner with my husband and we ended up running into friends. And it was funny because we started talking about parenting and, and that kind of thing. And then I felt that like this person was kind of like telling me what I should be doing as a mom or like what like should be happening or well you are. And then I really like kind of tuned out when, when she was like, well, you're like this, you do things like this. And I didn't identify with the things she was saying. So I was like, well, that doesn't really resonate. I don't feel like I, that is my approach. Um, and I felt like I was getting asked no questions about actually what I am doing or how I'm doing. Uh, and it was just more like, well, this is the, all the solutions for you kind of thing. And, and it was interesting because I've talked to this person in the past and it was a similar, like, cause I walked out and like, I, like I listened and I, I was interactive. I mean, I'm sure, um, like it was a little bit of smile and nod at some points, but, um, but I walked out and just went, why, you know, why does that make me feel icky? Like, and I, I was like, self-reflecting, like going like, okay, what, what hit there that like, you know, and so I was kind of just trying, cause obviously this person was, was, you know, coming from a place of where they're good intentions and, and all that stuff. And, and yeah. And so I ended up unpacking it with my husband later. And, uh, I mean like at the bare bones of it, I, I was like, okay, I was triggered. So like, well, you know, that's not her responsibility. That's mine. And like, good to know. And, and like, I will still like work to seek out like, you know, the valid points and what she said, cause there, there were likely many. Um, but I think what it like, what I noticed or why it was so challenging for me to hear from her is, um, is I've noticed that anytime there's like a really big departure from me feeling understood by someone like the bigger the gap is, like if I feel like you understand who I am or my choices or where they come from, then I will connect more to what you're saying to me. If I feel like there's a bigger gap in the understanding of who I am as a person, I will want to shut off what I'm hearing from you because I feel like it's almost unsolicited or it's coming from like 
I don't know, like not an uneducated place. I'm not trying to diss anyone's knowledge base, but like, um, it like feels like not as relevant because it's like, well, you're, it's, you know, wouldn't we want to understand the subject matter first and then weigh in on it? Yes. So that was kind of, um, me, I, you know, identified she that, talking but... at you more than talking with you. Like I find it, um, she just wanted to tell you things is how I'm taking this instead of understand a conversation. Like it was, it doesn't sound like it was a two-sided conversation very much. <laughs> I think it was one of those things like where, and I think we all like fall into this, like we yeah. all do it right. Where it's like, Oh, I've been through that. Cause her kids are older obviously than my kids. And, um, Oh, I have been through that. I have done that. And now looking back, I have so much more perspective and here's what I would change. But to me, the nuances in, yeah, with your kids, with you, with your environment, with your circumstances, with everything you went through, which is different than mine. And, and again, sometimes there are parallels that do really line up, but you'd have to like, yeah, li like listen and take in information to know where those like lining up moments are. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, okay. And, and like I said, it, I, I think for me, what I had to like really self like sit with, it was not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Basically she had many points in there that were super valid and helpful, but the trigger in me wants to push it all away because there's so much there that felt like it came from, yeah, like kind of being talked at or talked down to, I guess is like another trigger for me. Like if I'm feeling like you're coming at me going, Oh, come with me, little one, I will guide you. <laughs> like, <laughs> patting my head and just making me feel like I'm this little person. I'm like, no, I'm a big person too. <laughs> right. I'm like so guilty of doing that. Like it's something that I'm like consciously trying to work on, on a regular basis. Um, and I like the new parenting aspect of it because I'm really working on it with my brother and sister right now, because I've had kids for 14 years and my brother text yesterday or my sister-in-law saying that their baby rolled over. And I was like, she's, she's two weeks old, <laughs> 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 but that's not their experience. So for me to say that, like, what does that serve? I did the same thing with a new baby and we're going to go through those things and it's cool. And it's exciting that this baby had this. And so really I'm like robbing their experience like, I just thought like, it was just an interesting reflection for myself of like five years ago, I would have been like, Oh, I need to correct you. Like that was a fluke. This is never happening again. For, like, <laughs> it's all good. Your baby is a genius. A yes. <laughs> and all of our babies are geniuses and that's a beautiful thing. And it's just been an interesting process because it, just because we've experienced things like you were saying, Tanya, like it's not all the same experience just because we have kids. We've all had very different parenting experiences, even with my own three kids, they've all been very different parenting experiences. And if I had 20 kids, they would all be different experiences. And I'm still the same parent coming through, right? Like it's just an interesting concept that we feel like we're trying to help people with new children or new to the parenting aspect or new to the teenage aspect or new to whatever experience they're going through. But if we're not actually listening and having the conversation, then like, what's the point? <laughs> we used to say that me and my brother were raised by two different sets of parents, even though they were the same parents. 
they parented us based on our personalities. I was the good girl. I listened. So I got a lot more punishments because I would actually follow through with them where my brother was like way more formidable. He would, uh, he would just not listen. And so then I think that it wore on them and they, they just parented him differently than me. But going to the triggers, I also um, have just sat with this in the last, I think, two or three weeks. I had seen an, an interaction, an interaction, the collaboration, and um, it was someone that I treasure and love. And I was like, well, that's my person. That's my person. How, how could they steal my person from me? And it brought up like a huge amount of jealousy for me. And we were just about to do something. I think we were going to go for dinner, but I was like, all night, I'll be thinking about this and and like, what is going on? It was, it was really a a strong emotion, like a huge trigger, huge emotional, um, bubbling up for me. So I was like, I got to go sit by myself for the first time. And this is how I have unlocked every single one of my triggers. And it is like a guarantee. I went and sat with myself and I, I just, cause it, if I close my eyes, I can feel my body, my emotions way better than if I'm even trying to verbalize them. So I just went, I closed my eyes and I said to myself, what am I feeling? And then I went through all of those feelings. One was huge amount of jealousy. And then I asked myself, when was the, when was the first time I can remember feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And it actually came up to, I was like hyper obsessed with Barbies when I was young. And this one particular girl that her mom babysat me she stole my barbie like straight up stole my barbie and her mom backed her on it even though they knew it was my barbie and it was like that feeling of having even though it was a person and a human being i'm having a human experience at that time i felt like my barbie had gotten stolen and it was a huge huge emotional release for me to go back into that grade one where all our boots and coats were kept and to see her holding my Barbie, it was a huge, huge emotional release. So that actually created that moment for me to heal something from my past. So that just happened for me like very recently. So I love that we're having this conversation and that's, that's what I would say is say with yourself, ask yourself what you're feeling and then go to the very first time you can remember ever feeling that way. Cause that's probably what you're healing. Can I add to that? Because I also had an extremely, I was extremely triggered through all of everything we went through with Kaysen over the last couple of weeks. And I do love the opportunities to be triggered. Like I don't look at triggers as a negative thing. I feel like they're a positive experience if we decide to treat it as a positive experience and opportunities for healing. It really is. Right. And so I scheduled myself for a whole day to myself last Wednesday. And I knew I had some work to do because I didn't know exactly where it was pinpointed. Kind of like you were saying, Mel. And I realized that I had a ton of guilt still carrying, even though I've worked on this for years. And I just want people to understand like the work is never fully done. Like it's just the perception that we judge it, that it's not done over uh, my son's father that committed suicide 12 years ago. And the two don't have anything to do with each other, 
but it brought up all of this guilt and unworthiness and not making right decisions and like all of that. And I'm similar in that I have to just sit with myself. And so I had scheduled the whole day of nothing. There was nobody in my house. And I was like, I'm just going to deal with whatever has to come out here that has to come out and sit with myself and get really honest about whatever emotions are feeling here and allow myself the space to follow that. Because I think as a mom with three kids and, you know, spouse, and we have business, we all have stuff in our life. We're all busy that we don't necessarily follow that train very well, especially with young kids, I find, because we don't have the time to follow thoughts very (laughs) for a very long period. And for me, that's just like a huge piece for me of like being able to give myself space to be able to do that. Does it come faster sometimes? Yeah. And I think the more we practice at it, but I knew this was like a really big one that I really needed to work through. And it was like crazy, the shit that came out, like the people I needed to forgive from, like, I saw them on the street 12 years ago, have nothing to do with my life at all. And like, just all of these random things coming up. But I think it's really cool opportunity to give kind of honor to when we do get triggered, the past pieces that need to come up to be healed. You feel like forgiveness is a part of it because I still don't forgive her for stealing my Barbie. I think it depends on the situation. Straight up, do not. (laughs) And I I still managed to make it through that. So maybe... um, It's your Scorpio. Yeah, I do. I I think forgiveness plays a huge role in a lot of things. But for this one, what needed to be... Like for me, what needed to be comforted was that I was safe and all... Like I I had uh, control of me because even my mom couldn't combat... Yeah, the duo lying. And it was like, I just felt like my whole world being five or six spun out of control. And I really felt like I had nothing that couldn't be taken away. And then to have it come through like that, it definitely didn't go down the path of forgiveness for me. But do you think (laughs) it's like forgiveness of yourself? Like, I think it's just like a different form of forgiveness because you're forgiving yourself for not feeling safe and forgiving yourself for not judging yourself for feeling jealousy now at 30 years later <laughs> over this instant that had nothing to do with it. That's she how also, I look at yeah. forgiveness. She also wrote in permanent marker on her own basement wall and blamed it on me. There's it's layers and layers <laughs> deep. <laughs> the, okay. But, I have another, like a, a various perspective on this. Like, like, yes, because, but again, maybe it's my Scorpio placements. So it's, there's um to me it sounds like that was just inherently unjust right like that that was like so really I feel like it's more like a uh, clash of and I'm talking about the Barbie incident maybe not the more recent incident but a clash of morals and ethics like and I think that those and that and sometimes I think that the there is no resolve in that because you can't consolidate that because there was basically you were like I would never steal someone's Barbie. I would never write in a Sharpie and blame it on somebody else. Like that is just not how I choose to operate. That is not the level of integrity that I choose to walk this life with, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then of course, like in life, we 
we expect um, naively that people will have the same morals as us, the same like priorities as us, the same ideas of what's fair and what's not fair. And then when we find someone that really clashes with that, I don't know if there's an actual reconciling of that outside of going like agree to disagree, like AKA going like that wasn't fair period. And there is, there, there might not be like a, and I forgive you now or whatever. It might just be like, I'm at peace with the fact that we agree to disagree, but it might not actually be like, that's okay. You took my Barbie or I can find like, you know, exactly. so yeah. it might not even be to like find that reconciliation or forgiveness or whatever. It might not actually even come to that. It might just be like, okay, we're, we're different in this. We think differently about this. I, I'm so on board with all of that. And I do think that it, it is such a trigger for me because those are, those things are values and morals to me for sure. I think what helped me was that I could logicize it. If that's a word is that I could move it to my conscious brain and look at, okay, this is a, a much different situation. These are all of these emotions. Yes, they were the periphery. The nervous system recognized them as, oh no, something's being stolen from you again. And it was an opportunity to de-escalate my nervous system and to re-regulate that emotional response with that is that they aren't the same. Although it initially triggered that same reaction in me because that wound had not been healed. The moment I closed my eyes, guys, it was like, like I could see all the flashes. And just in that acknowledgement alone, I like, it literally was like, it's done. It's healed. That's where I think the forgiveness is. Cause you were like forgiving yourself for not acknowledging. So I agree like with what Tanya was just saying, but I think there is still a forgiveness piece, but it's not of like, well, it's fine that you stole my shit. Not at all. Not at all. Or then blamed it. Probably like, gonna write her a letter things. after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you taking my an empowerment is I'm that not I'm not powerful. that little girl anymore. I am not that little girl anymore. And I rule my world from my inner reality to my external reality. I am the queen of that. And I think that when I could move that into my conscious thinking, all of a sudden the subconscious story started to unwind. And it was, it was a beautiful experience, beautiful experience. Tell me, Tanya, when you unpacked, um, when you unpacked what you went through, what did that look like for you? Is it from a past wound? Is that why you were so triggered? Cause I don't think we got to the unpacking part. Oh, and I'll, I'll, well, I'll go to the, like a general unpacking. Cause that one was pretty recent. So I feel like it's like I'll, the unpacking well, will take still me a unpacking. <laughs> but I think my general unpacking for triggers is kind of like, um, what am I so desperate to defend or prove in this, in this scenario? Mm. So, and, and then really examine how truly valuable that is or like why like why so um for instance like something i've been practicing the last like year or two is on like i have this little banner statement on the back of my door actually and it says i am capable with living the with the discomfort of being misunderstood because my until i basically identified that that was what was triggering me in pretty much every situation because it, it all kind of comes back to almost like a root cause 
Yes. And being understood is like so important to me as like a love language. So what I'm kind of doing is noticing my triggers are almost always rooted in like feeling misunderstood. So I kind of usually go there first and go, is this because I feel misunderstood? And then why do I feel like this person needs to understand who I am? Because I'm trying to connect with them. I feel more connected to you when I feel like you are either making the effort to understand me or you do understand me. I just do. I, I feel like feel, I always feel seen by you when you send me uh, sun, moon and rising <laughs> sign stuff. I'm so glad. <laughs> That's my love language. Uh, perfect. I will keep sending them then. Because sometimes I wonder, I'm like, oh, if you get annoyed when I... <laughs> no, I love it. Um, But yeah, I think of, I only oh, time I see Scorpio rise and that's like pretty much the only placement of yours I remember for some reason. But, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, so I usually will kind of go like, okay, you want to be understood. Is that, how important is that in this relationship? Okay. So we've got your husband. Very important. It's very important that I feel understood because he is the person I love the most. And therefore I need to make sure that we understand each other. So that's where it's really important. There's a lot of buy-in. And then in other, in other situations and when I want to feel understood, um, sometimes I'm just looking for external validation. Okay. Well, that's less important. So, um, that's me wanting that for probably, you know, historical or, childhood reasons that maybe that was, I didn't feel understood. I didn't feel validated. I didn't feel whatever. Um, and so what this has done so far, that's just interesting. I might be digressing off the point here, but I'm just find this whole, this has been a fascinating uncover or discovery for me over the last little it while. Is. So, um, but what I've been like <laughs> uncovering is, um, how much over explaining I have done in effort to be understood and sometimes even perpetually get more misunderstood. And then it like digs this hole I can't get out of. So I've actually noticed I talk less now, um, especially if I'm like, a, like, a, like processing a trigger in the moment. Um, and then kind of like Jen was saying, actually, where it's like, I don't even see triggers as a bad thing. Yeah. Now I'm seeing them as more of like, Oh, this is fascinating. This person triggers me. What? Okay. Like let's practice. Let's use our spiritual, emotional muscles here. And like, let's, I let's self-identify and, and get to be like, okay, you feel really tempted to over explain that, or you feel really tempted to prove this or to say this. And um, I think it's usually kind of coming back to me wanting to position myself in a place where I'm respected or I am like good girl mentality in a way too, like where, no, I'm doing a good job and I have high ethics and high integrity and I am, or I'm smart or I am like, I am good enough. Like, I think that's really kind of all it comes back to too, is like, you just want to explain that you're good enough. Do you yeah. need to do that? Is, how important is that to have that external validation? No, if I can self-value of being a leader too, it directly like conflicts with your personality because you are just a regular leader. My son came home, so we're going to hear stuff, but, um, in your everyday life, I see you as a leader. It's how you operate. And then to be given the backseat of, well, I'm going to lead you now. It's, it's tough to swallow. And yeah, I can definitely feel you on that one. And, but okay. And then I to expand on that. Cause totally it is. It's like, no, no, don't lead me. I, I can lead myself. Thank you. <laughs> um, but to like expand on that, it's, um, 
it's giving me an opportunity to lead from behind though. Like it's kind of going, no, I don't need to stand in front. I don't need to be out here with my, you know, peacocks, feathers and lion's mane. Like I can, I can move back because maybe from back here, it is a different perspective and I need to be open to at least looking from that perspective from a minute. So that's why, like when she's saying all this stuff, I had to like, really kind of like, and I'm, I'm blocking it. I could feel myself blocking it. Um, I'm like, you know what? It's fair. It's fair to block some of the things she's saying because they authentically aren't relevant to you. And that is obviously a part of her story that she feels really compelled to share. And it's really important to her. And I think that in that moment, I got to see that two ways. One is me holding space for her. So even though she's telling me what to do and telling me how I should parent and telling me all this stuff, what I'm actually getting the opportunity in that moment to do is hold space for her because that's really important for her to speak in the, at this moment and shutting her down is refusing to hold space for her. And the trigger identification is going, I can hold space for her, even though it's making me uncomfortable in my own feelings, even though it's stirring up, like I want to defend myself. I want to say I am good enough. I want to say that none of this applies to me. Um, and so, and I've, I just noticed it in other conversations where people are saying like, um, like I have like this sort of select handful of people who are really keen on cutting people out right now. And they're like, that person's toxic. I'm getting rid of them. That person's toxic. I'm not talking to them anymore. And I'm like, okay. And I, I feel the opposite way right now where I'm like, no, if, if that person's bugging me, I kind of want to talk to them and keep them around and see like, what is it about them that makes me want to get rid of them or talk to them less or whatever? And I'm not saying I like, you know, call them up every day. Like I don't, I don't need spiritual weightlifting on the daily. You're not okay? self-sabotaging yourself by like putting yourself right in the situation to be triggered every single moment of every day. As I'm taking the space that I need, it's like rest days at the gym, you know? Yep. Um, but I, you know, and, and I'm like, Oh, and, and yeah, then the holding space thing was something that I identified in someone else when they were talking about a person who was triggering them by sharing a certain story. And I was like, Oh, I like, I feel like what the real struggle is here is you're struggling to hold space. I didn't say this. I was, I was listening, but I was like processing it in my own way going, Oh, I think that what I notice here is that you're actually struggling to hold space for that person because what they're going through and the fact that you can't solve that problem makes you uncomfortable. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's familiar. I've been there. That's I've done that. And so I got to take that person's story and kind of go like, Ooh, like I noticed this, this in, in me and Oh, that's crazy. And that's cool. So, so now like I get to see that conversation with this, this woman is like, Oh, I'm holding space for this person. Like, um, and I mean, that sounds a little gratuitous. Like I'm not trying to say like I'm a hero or anything, but I think it's just flips the switch on how to perceive that interaction as instead of me being belittled or, you know, cause I, again, I, I, another, like one of my glorious flaws is that I feel like I have to be either above or below someone that I can't be the same as them. If I felt I was the same as everybody, I would not be having these triggers. So it's like, yeah, recognizing like, okay, in this moment, we are offering each other something. And so I'm holding space for you and you are giving me information that, you know, we're holding space for you too, though, at that same time, because when you say my initial reaction is this is your, your instinct, the personality protecting itself is to defend yourself. If you sit there and you allow this to continue to I don't want to use the word as trigger, but to bring up feelings and sit with yourself through that, that's an immense amount of space you just held for yourself in that moment. 
an immense amount for you to do something different, right? Yeah. That's a little girl. Yeah, we're big girls. <laughs> Seriously, the the big girl mentality. Okay. Yeah, that's so, huge. Am I talking too much? I have one more, uh, sec- like a secondhand story to share, but I just wanted to acknowledge anyone. Basically, if, if anyone is self-identifying triggers, moving through ego, getting out of that, like prove, defend mentality, like and and whatever else, like obviously I'm sharing from my personal experience, but whatever it is, if you identify that you in fact have some accountability in your exchange and for your feelings and stuff. Okay. So I did a half marathon. I don't remember a few years back and someone who was just being very supportive and very kind to me just said, do you know the percentage of people that will complete a half marathon or a marathon in their life? And I can't remember really supportive. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't remember where this is going percentage was, but it was a very small percentage of people will go and do something like this, like good on you. She was like, really cheering me on. And it was very supportive and it was very loving. And that's how I feel about this work is that this isn't celebrated enough. It's not celebrated that we go and do the hard thing, like that you go in and you, you overcome the trigger, you digest the trigger, you hold space for the trigger, you like sit with it and go like, and even, um, so the person I was talking to was in a situation, it was very, very unfair. It was unfair to her. She had some accountability in the interaction as well, of course, as we all do. And so what I was like, what we were talking about was I was like, okay, I, yeah. Like, I think you, you might owe an apology. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't want to apologize because they did wrong things too. And I feel like if I apologize, then I'm going to be in the wrong and they're going to think they're right. And I was like, well, they probably will. That's not the case, but they, that, yeah, that might be how, how it unfolds but that's on like, that's on their stuff's on them. Like that's, that's their stuff. But you going in and apologizing, you're not saying what you did was right. Um, Like what they did was right. And you were wrong. You're just saying what I did was wrong, which is factual. Like if you did something wrong and you own it and, and don't ask for anything after that, that's the marathon. Like that's the thing that we all struggle to do, but if it's done, that's the big girl shit. Like that's like the holy smokes. You did that. Like you actually owned it. And maybe that person will say sorry back, but they might not. I had the, I had this exact same thing happen to me this summer where I apologized for my part in it. And then when I said like, here's how you've hurt me, the person said, I'm drawing a boundary. I'm not talking about this now. And I was like, well, I just do a boundary around you forever. So like, and that's the thing too, is that although these triggers are great, you, and you don't have to cut people out. I never say like, I'm cutting you out of my life. You're toxic or anything, but the time that I will give that person is extremely limited, extremely limited. And that's just like, that's what we do is if, if a person's not accountable to who they are, their part in it, and and they are fully, fully receiving your apology, but not refusing to step up, I have no problem drawing a boundary around that person and the time that they get from me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's emotional intelligence. It is. Yeah. And we can't control EI. Any of like how you were talking to Tanya about the woman that didn't want to apologize because they might how the other side will perceive that that we get to a spot where it's like it doesn't matter I just know within myself like if I do yeah exactly so that I can feel good about it and it does not matter at all one iota how that is 
receive, to be honest, whether they receive the apology or whether they think they're now higher and mightier because they weren't in the wrong. And there's personalities like that, right? Like it is, it's a personality construct. And if they aren't willing to put personality aside in order to meet you human heart to human heart, then that's just what it is. And I, I would, I would rather say sorry seven days of the week and have her draw a boundary around not uh, owning what she did on her part, then carry that with me every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah. I had a similar um, story to Mel, like uh, about, I don't know, like half a year ago or so. Anyways, I had a conversation with a person and dandy time a half year ago. Hey, (laughs) I, I had to like more or less, it was not a beautiful apology by any means, more or less through gritted teeth. I went and apologize um, for something why why because i I just want to know why because i owed it to myself to make that apology because in this oh it was like gritted teeth for yourself okay yes sorry yeah um basically it was like to be in alignment with the integral person i'm choosing to be i need to apologize and own my share of this gotcha so i said i was sorry but i just when i say gritted teeth i mean ego pride like all of me that would not want to admit i'm wrong and that was all too weak because it was all like it was like that's a bad case if this was this person you'd apologize freely if it was that person you'd apologize freely so with this particular individual it's that's what's the struggle and that's your ego so I went and said sorry and my sorry was received very ungraciously um and in fact it was used as an opportunity to kind of rub my nose in what I did and not take any (laughs) sort of like you know, even not even a thank you, like not even thank you for apologizing. So there was definitely no apology back and there wasn't even anything remotely gracious about it. And so in that moment, did that feel good? No, I felt awful. I was very angry with how that, how that was received, especially considering the amount of effort that I had taken to like put into that. Um, and I like went upstairs, had a very human, I screamed in a pillow. I cried. Like I had a very big breakdown after that. But, and so in the moment it felt yucky and I was mad at that person for how they, you know, didn't receive that apology and how that all went down. I was very angry and I, but now, so cut to, you know, like six, 12 months later, you cut to now, I am more proud of myself for apologizing than I am angry at them for how they received it. So it's sort of like playing the long game. I think like when we, when there's like that ownership or accountability around our participation in someone, we're not saying or advocating or condoning that what someone else did was the right thing by apologizing or, or taking accountability for our actions. I feel like every time we take accountability for our own actions, what we're really doing is telling ourselves, like, I see you, I know what you did and it's okay. Like really that apology is like kind of like self-forgiveness in that moment is going like, you made a mistake, you made a mistake. And by acknowledging and seeing that mistake, I don't have to end up in like this self space of cognitive dissonance where I'm saying I'm this integral person, but I'm not operating with integrity. So I think that that's really destructive internally is that self cognitive dissonance. So if I want to be like, we're all like, you know, this main character in our own storybook, right? If I really want to like live that and be that then I have to operate with the, like with those guidelines. Yeah. In every situation, including the ones that suck. 
<laughs> totally. And there's a really great um, way to look at it too, is am I apologizing with the expectation of receiving an apology or am I apologizing to clean up my side of the street to keep my curbs and gutters clean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It, like, yes, an apology or even the opportunity to be heard would be lovely. Uh, even just to be heard without being attacked. That's an amazing gift to give someone. But if that person doesn't have it in them to give, then the apology without expectation every time is to take, because yeah. I, I, my butt was burned after two. Like <laughs> I was just angry. I was like, how could they just sit there and be like, yeah, I accept your apology. I'm like, and <laughs> it was, a, it was definitely an expectation that we would come to the table, both whole humans, um, in our own strength and hear each other, but there just wasn't that present for me. So I, you know, I, I send love that way for sure. I know I'm not going to write that person a nasty letter like the Barbie, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I can hold space for that. There's no Barbie for Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) It had a blue dress, Tanya. Okay. Noted. Noted. Your birthday's coming up. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Story. Oh, sorry. I cut you off. I didn't mean. No, no. I I appreciate you speaking to that because it really brought up kind of everything that I went through is like the whole thing that was so painful about it is that I went to that with an expectation that I would receive something back and I didn't get that. And what, you know, um, my dad used to always say is expectations lead to disappointment. And I think that that proves to be true more often than not. I have the, a similar one that I always come up with, with expectation is premeditated resentments. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's a good one. (laughs) I can subscribe. (laughs) Right. I think it fits really well when we're apologizing or even like having hard conversations period with other people, like what is the expectation here? And can you really hold zero expectation or have an expectation of yourself and, and that's not the, be trying to control what the yeah. outcome okay, well, yeah. one we is fair and just one nuance to that, because I really do feel like the misunderstanding is that we're not allowed to have feelings around like, cause I mean, if we love someone, of course, we're going to like hope that they also want to see that like that they want to offer that same space back to us. Like, so, so I don't, I feel like we should also in that moment, like acknowledge the feelings around that, around that disappointment, like, like basically kind of go like, but it is okay. Like if my part, if I go to my partner and if I said, Hey babe, like it hurt my feelings when this happened and this was said, and he goes, whatever, Mm. of course that's going to hurt. Like, of course that's going to have feelings. Of course I'm going to feel disappointed. Of course that's going to happen. So it's also, again, I think maybe just another opportunity to hold space for yourself, like to kind of go like, yeah, that stung like that, like having that kind of ungracious response to, to my apology, even though I, like I said, it was not a great, it was not a pretty apology. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it, it was like, but it was still a really hard thing to do. Just even like a, a begruntled thank you would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Or I see you and I see yeah, how difficult just, that was. Just yeah. Anything. But just not like, again, emotional intelligence, right? Just not able to be there for that. No. And that's cool. 
in in the sense but i also think we we have to like acknowledge just within us is going like it's okay though if you are disappointed that someone didn't yeah. give you that apology back it's okay that you're angry or you're sad or yeah. what like you can have an unraveling from that because mm. i think that sometimes when we talk about like detachment or we talk about like like removing expectation all this stuff we're like kind of going yeah ideally you'll be completely complacent when you go and do this and yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully there's peace. Hopefully there's ease. Hopefully there's those things. But if those, if that's not what you feel like, if you go and apologize and it goes horribly and you feel like really unseen or unheard or unloved or whatever you feel that in and of itself is a process to like allow and unravel and like, let it happen and be in it. And just, that's okay. It's okay that you feel sad. It's okay. You feel disappointed and it's okay that you know, like, like for you, Mel, it's okay that like, for me, what it, like that look sounds like, or whatever is that you had to grieve a loss of a connection because you were like, I came to you to like, to be seen and to see you. And you did not come to me with that same energy. And like, that's kind of going, well, there's a misalignment here. And I thought we were more aligned. So, but we, so speaking to mine, it just highlighted how out of alignment we were and how much I was forcing that friendship to work is that we hadn't been in alignment for quite some time. And that's actually what led to it was the, our, our behaviors don't match who yeah. we, who we were as people don't match and yeah, nothing against it, but, um, honor your human, like honor the humanness of it after, if it yeah. takes three weeks, if it takes three months to heal from it, you're allowed to feel stung it, and it does sting. It hurts. And there's yeah. a, gr a grief and a loss that happens. Like you yeah. said, there's a loss of a friendship or a loss of even just feeling like it's a possibility that mm -hmm. that could happen. You're going to grieve that at the, at the end of that conversation or the close of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to wrap it on that? Or is there anything you want to add? I'm good with wrapping. I can wrap it. I feel like we could totally come back to this another time. Yeah, we can do yeah. part two, three, four, five. <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh, I could go down that Avenue. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That'll be like 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the spiritual boss podcast. We appreciate you listening. Um, anytime you subscribe, anytime you message us, anytime you share this podcast, it really does, um, make us feel seen and supported speaking of <laughs> Speaking of, so if you want to, you know, really embrace that connection, we love that. If you want to uh, validate us, <laughs> tell us we've been seen, heard, loved. We welcome emails, input, comments, uh, spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com or Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. And of course, we're on our individual accounts. So feel free to reach out individually. Peace in, peace out.